1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 to 25. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night that he was betrayed, he took bread and he gave thanks for it. And he broke it and he said, take and eat. He said this to his disciples, take and eat it, for this is my body that is broken for you. Do this in in your remembrance of me. And in the same way, he also took the cup after the supper. He said, this is the cup, this is the wine. This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. And he said, do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Today, we're going to remember what Jesus said to remember. The body and the blood. The body and the blood. I know we normally do this at Easter. Easter is when you remember the crucifixion and the resurrection. But again, not a day goes by. And I don't remember the fact that Jesus was died on the cross for me and that he was raised from the dead. Not a day goes by that I don't remember the fact that resurrection life has been provided by Jesus Christ. This has to be the bread and the wine. It has to be one of the most powerful things that a believer can do. Perhaps you're here today as a guest. We're thrilled you're here and we want you to, you know, to be a part of this. Absolutely, there is no sort of, you know, yes, no and all this. We want you to be involved with today. If you're a guest here today, please don't think in any way that you are left out of anything that's going on. Our heart is to include everybody in this place. But this really is one of the most powerful things, if not the most powerful thing that a believer can do. It's a time where... We celebrate, as it were, a business meal. I don't want to heapen uh, in any way that which was done on the cross and when Jesus was raised uh, from the dead. But this really is like a business lunch. It's a time where things get settled. It's a time where we remind God and he reminds us of his promises. It's a time where God can actually do something. He could do something at any time, I understand that, but, but it's a very, very powerful thing. In Acts chapter 2, we're reminded that the early church, the disciples got together. They came to hear teaching, they came to pray, they came to spend time together, and they came to eat the bread and the wine. It was a very, very powerful thing. So I'm going to stir some faith in this place today, because as we take the bread and the wine, God's going to do something. God's going to do something. We're not just going to remember, we're going to take part in something here today. There's three things that it really speaks about as we come to take the bread and the wine. The first thing is this, that we are together. There is a power in togetherness. I'm not just talking about a power of comfort or a a power of comradeship. There is something very powerful when everything works together. When my hand works with my arm, which works with my uh, shoulder, I I can do stuff. There's a power in togetherness. There's a power in a church being unified. There's a power in a nation being unified. There's a power in a family being unified. But we're not just talking about something natural here today. We're talking about something supernatural, something spiritual. 
The Bible says in Psalm 133 that where people dwell together, where the, the disciples of Jesus, I don't care what you have over the door of your church, whether it's Catholic or Baptist or Anglican, I don't care what tribe you are, I don't care what style you are. If you call yourself a Christian, the Bible says this about you, that wherever we dwell together in oneness, agreement, where you agree something, where you, I'm on the same page, we're doing this together, we're in this together. Just last month we celebrated, if that's the word, all the lives of people who had who had sacrificed in the ultimate way, they gave their life for a cause, for the nation, for the world. And every year we do the same thing. We, we say thank you. And I've spoken to people and I've heard interviews of, of those people who, who spent time in the trenches. Incredible unity. They weren't there arguing and rowing and having a bad day with each other and, you know, I don't like you and you don't like me and we don't get on. There was something that, that absolutely knit those people together and it was a common cause. And they gave their lives for each other and they paid the price for each other and they had each other's back. That's the sort of thing we're talking about. We're not just talking about, hey, we come to church and sort of hold hands. Isn't this lovely? Let's, let's all hold hands. I'll stop writing and making notes. I'm talking to you. <laughs> Go back to that in a minute. Oh, isn't this lovely? Look, we're lovely Christians here today. Isn't this lovely? Kumbaya. Let's stand up and let's sway and let's do all kumbaya, kumbaya. Isn't this lovely? That is not, you can sit down, that is not what we're talking about. Dear God, no wonder the church has suffered. <laughs> That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, I've got your back. I'm standing with you. I want your success. How can I help make your life great? What can I pray about? You got a business deal on? I'll stand with you. I'll pray with you because I want you to get the contract. You got family stuff going on? Come on, I'll spend time with you. I'll talk with you. I'll pray with you. I'll declare the word of God over your life. I'm there for you. It's a unity, it's a oneness, it's a, a shoulder to shoulder. The Bible talks about it over in Joel. Uh, and it says they didn't fight one another. They stood shoulder to shoulder, everybody marching in line, everybody. Nobody wanted to, you know, promote themselves. They all, they all kept rank. It wasn't about me, it's about us. It's not about, you know, my little feelings. It's about God's purposes and God's God's design for people to know Christ. And it says where we dwell together with that level of agreement and, you know, shoulder to shoulder. It says this, it's like the anointed power of God that is released onto the body of Christ, the church. And it says, in that place, God commands the blessing, which is life in all its fullness. You know, some people who are just ignorant of what the Bible says, 
You know, they come out with these sorts of expressions. Ah, oh, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Oh, you don't need to church, you know, go to church. My, this is a very personal thing between me and Jesus. You could not be more wrong. You could not. That's like me getting a knife here and saying, don't need that finger. That finger, oh, it's the fact that it's a finger is good enough. The fact that it's a finger is fine. No, the finger was never designed to be on its own. It's meant to be firmly and securely planted on a hand. And that hand is on an arm and that arm is on a shoulder and that shoulder is on a torso and that torso is part of a body. You cut it off, you die. You cannot live as a believer outside of the church because it's not just about what I believe. It's who I am in the context of the church of Jesus Christ. Christianity is not a very private, personal thing. It's a very public, united thing. There's a power in togetherness. It speaks of the fact that we have agreement. We have, we have something together. The early church was known for getting together. There are some parts of this world today where... The church is illegal. And if you're part of it and, and you get found out, you're killed. Don't want to make this too heavy this morning, but. And yet they still do everything they can to go out after dark, to get somewhere to get together with the believers for fear of their lives. It's just incredible. There is something so powerful about coming together. And as we come together today on a Sunday, as we normally do, I know people have split shifts and they have family priorities and all sorts of things. That's fine, 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 fine. Of course, this is just life. But when we can, we do. And when we do, it's got to mean something. It's got to count for something. The Bible says whenever we come together, study one another. To see how we can stir up something good in their lives. To see how we can impact their lives for good. We don't come to church and say, oh, Pastor Jay, feed me and praise band, entertain me and stewards serve me. That's not how we come and be a part of a church. It's we come and say, what can I do? What can I do to help? How can I bless somebody else? I've not come to listen. I've come to be on the pitch. I've not come to be in the stands. I've come to be in the pitch. In that place, God commands the blessing, which is life forevermore. The most incredible life. Life in all its fullness. Jesus said this, the devil comes only to steal, kill, and to destroy. Well, he actually said the thief comes, but we understand the thief is the devil. The, the enemy comes only to steal, kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you may have life and life in all its fullness. That's not just a theology, that's a reality. That's not just a theory, it's an experience. What's the second thing that's really important as we take the bread and the wine today? The second thing is this, the wine. Really important. That speaks of the blood of Jesus. It signifies that the blood of Jesus was shed for the forgiveness and the remission or the removal of sin. In some ways, I think we sanitize the cross and the resurrection as well. 
just like we sanitized the birth. When he poured out his, his blood on the cross and he had the crown of thorns on his head and he was so whipped, if you've seen the passion of the Christ, you get a sense of what it was. His back was like a plowed field. That's what the Bible says. His beard was ripped out. And he did that for your uh, freedom and for my freedom. He did that because we can't do it on our own. We can't pay the price. You see, heaven's not for good people. Heaven for good people, hell for bad people. No, 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 no. Heaven's for family members. Family of God. Children of God. The good ones, the not so good ones, the ones that are having challenges, the ones that are just amazing. Just family members. And to be a family member, you've got to say, thank you, Jesus, that you paid the price for me and shed your blood and I give you my life and I'm brought into the family. The amazing thing is God wants everybody in his family. Everybody who's ever lived. But it all comes down to what we believe about Jesus Christ, what he did for us. See, we've just read a passage of scripture where Jesus said, this is the blood of the new covenant or the new agreement. Because the old agreement was obsolete, didn't work. Had to be there, but it was, it was all the rules and the rituals and you must do this and you must do that and dress this way and eat this and don't eat that and live there and don't live there and don't do this and do that and da, 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 da. Nobody could live by it. So he said, there's a new agreement and this new agreement is in the blood of Jesus Christ. And he says, it's far better than the old agreement. How many of you are glad about that one? Far better than the old one. The old one was great because it had some amazing things. You could get healed under the old agreement. You, you know, if you went to the priest and you gave a certain sacrifice, did certain things, you left healed. Fantastic. But it's far better in the new one. That as he shed his blood for us, he opened up a new way for us to have an amazing father-son relationship with God where his life is not just on the outside trying to get in but he puts it on the inside and we live out the life of God. It's a totally binding commitment. This agreement that he set up is an incredible agreement. It's full of integrity. It's not just about trying to trying to have some religious people on the earth. It's about living a life of freedom. The Bible says this, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And today, I don't know what things you and I need to be set free from. It could be, it could be an experience we had growing up. It could be something that's going on today. It could be addiction to a drug or an antidepressant. It could be an addiction to a phone. It could be an addiction to a mentality or a lifestyle that we hate. And all of us face challenges in different ways and say, you know what, just like the Apostle Paul said, he said, the things I don't want to do, I do. The things I do want to do, I don't do. What the heck is going on here? But then he said, you know what, I found the answer. And the answer is in the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that has set me free from the law of sin and death. 
He who the Son sets free is free indeed. As we eat the bread and the wine today, God's going to impact some freedom into some people's lives in this place. It could be freedom from a mindset. It could be freedom from the effects of abuse growing up. It could be freedom from some insecurity that is keeping you from really achieving everything that God has for your life. It could be freedom to go to be everything God has called you to be. It could be freedom from something physical. It could be freedom from something financial. But I firmly believe in this place that as we get together and as we have the bread and the wine, it's going to be the commanded blessing of God in this place to set captives free, to open prison doors. To set people on a brand new pathway in their lives. This is good news today. And the third thing is the bread, which speaks of the fact that he had spikes in his head, thorns in his in his scalp. I've seen those thorns. I've been to Israel. They're about three to four inches long. They're like, oh, they're like nails. You can't snap them. You can't, it's not like a, thorn, a thorny bush. It just gets caught and those things hurt. Yeah, rose bushes and stuff. These thorns are like this. It speaks of the spikes in his wrists and in his feet. It speaks of the plowed field of a back where they just ripped flesh off him. But the Bible says this, he was bruised for our transgressions. He was, he was marred. He was whipped for our wholeness. And the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 54, and I love this passage, it says that we have now a new covenant of shalom, which is a covenant of wholeness. And I want to set the bar really high here. Why do we want to bar down here? That's what religion does. I want to set it right up there. Anything is possible. Anything is possible for Jesus Christ. Anything is possible in the name of Jesus Christ. And it says the chastisement for our peace, our wholeness, our healing, our deliverance, our provision, our freedom, the chastisement for our wholeness was laid upon him. Every time he was whipped, someone set free. Every time there, there was thorns on his head pushed down, somebody got healed. There is something so powerful about what Jesus did. Everything that happened was going into history was going into the world where you and I live. And he said, by his stripes on his back, you were healed. I was healed. We were set free. I love the attitude that God has for people. It says this in Romans 16, 20, for the God of wholeness will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Man alive. You know, some people have this view, and we're not going to go into spiritual warfare or anything this morning, but, but some people have this view that, oh, you know, don't antagonize the devil. <laughs> Dear God, no, I don't want to just antagonize him. I want to squash him. <laughs> I want to put my feet on his neck. 
Everywhere he's trying to operate, everywhere he's trying to abuse, everywhere he's trying to divide, everywhere he's trying to undermine, everywhere he's trying to steal, everywhere he's trying to kill or destroy, somewhere a Christian needs to turn up and say, enough's enough. I'm putting my foot on the neck of the enemy. Enough is enough. In Jesus' name, we're not going to sit back and watch. We're going to get in the fight. We're going to get onto the pitch. We're going to get into the middle of the situation because we have the promise of God that says the God of wholeness is going to crush every plan of the enemy under the foot of the church. In Jesus' name, can I hear an amen this morning? God's always been committed to healing people. Psalm 105, when he brought the nation of Israel out in the Exodus. We've already talked about the fact that Israel was under occupation when Jesus was born. Go back another couple of thousand years and we're a thousand years and you find that Israel was under the occupation or they'd been taken into exile rather into Egypt and they were oppressed and they were abused and they were whipped and they were hundreds of years under oppression. And the Bible says this, and God brought them out of that oppression with silver and with gold and there was not one sick or feeble person among them. God did the most incredible thing the night they took of the lamb, which is really what we're going to do here today, the bread and the wine. When they ate that meal, a nation was healed. Are you getting this this morning? Matthew chapter 8, 16 and 17. When evening had come, they brought to Jesus many who were demon-possessed and and he cast out the spirits with the word of God and he healed all who were sick that it might be fulfilled that which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying he himself took our infirmities and he carried our sicknesses. What an amazing, amazing God we have. If I can have the stewards please come and collect the bread and the wine and let's be passing this out right now. When it's passed to you, please just hang on to it for a moment because we're going to do something here today. And if I can have the band back up please, that would be absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much. Today we're going to believe God for miracles, signs and wonders in this place. That's not unusual. We live daily in those. (laughs) Amazing. But right now I'd like us to stir our faith and our expectation and I want you to ask yourself a very straight question. Where do I need God to move in my life? Where do I need Him to move? It could be a marriage situation, it could be a physical situation, a health situation, it could be financially, it could be relational. Yeah, go for it guys, that's it, quick as you can, brilliant, pass it out. I want you to ask the question, where is it I need God to move? Because we're going to agree together today. Is this all right?
as we eat the bread and the wine here today, we're signifying that we are receiving our covenant of peace, our covenant of shalom from God. It's a sign that we're receiving the fullness of abundant life. We're receiving uh, freedom. Thank you so much. That's what we're receiving today. As I've said, this is probably the most powerful thing that a believer can do. You know what happens when we get into this thing? You know what? People go all quiet. So, oh, I need to think. Dear God, can you imagine what the children of Israel were like when they were about to leave Egypt? It's like, come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. And as we take this today, we're going we're gonna to pair up across this place. Perhaps there's no one around you that you know. That's fine. We don't want to embarrass anybody. But we're going to pair up. And we're going to agree for miracles here. We're going to agree. So just as the band start playing something cheery, we're going to just pair up. And we're going to talk to one another. Make sure it's somebody that you know. Because I want you to be absolutely brutally honest. What do you need God to do in your life this morning? If you're a guest here today, please, you don't have to open up and share and talk about, you know, please, we're not embarrassing anybody here today. Perhaps it's just fine if you just want to sit there and just enjoy the moment. But come on, if you're a believer here today and you're part of this thing and you know what's going on and you're sitting with somebody, then come on, I want you to open up and I want you to talk to somebody and say, come on, I'm believing God for this right now. I need healing in my body. Don't have to be too specific. I need God to do something in my family. I need a new job. Whatever it is, come on, we're going to settle some things in this place today. Is that all right? Fantastic. Come on, why don't you turn to someone and start talking to them a little bit. If you don't know them, please don't go and tell them your deepest, darkest secrets. But come on, we're going to agree something here today. Come on. And we're not talking about problems. We're not talking about problems. We're saying, I need healing. We're not going, oh, you know what? The doctor said this and the doctor, come on, don't talk about the problem. Let's talk about the answers here today in Jesus' name. Woo! He who the sun sets free is free indeed. Don't start praying yet because we're going to do something here today. Come on, I just want you to say, have you done that? Let's all stand to our feet in this place. Come on, we're going to celebrate here today. Let's all stand to our feet. Wonderful. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. So anybody ready to get some freedom into their situation right now? Come on, anybody ready to get some freedom in their situation right now? Come on, in Jesus' name. As we take the bread and the wine, we're putting our foot on the neck of the enemy. When we eat this, we're agreeing. We're not praying over ourselves now. You've just talked to somebody. And if you didn't, you can just pray generally. But you've just talked to somebody else about what's going on in their life. So right now, get your mind off yourself in Jesus' name. Okay? Perhaps you know, oh, Pastor Jay, we've never taken bread and wine like this before. Well, it's time we did. It's time we did. 
So we're going to go out of here with a shout, with a dance, with a celebration. We're going to take the roof off of this place. We're going to sing, turn it up. We're going to dance. We're going to jump. We're going to celebrate. But that is because we're going to believe we've received something that we're just about to do in this house. We've already been singing today. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Come on, in Jesus' name, we're going to establish something in this house. Devil, take your hands off of God's property. I declare miracles, healings deliverance, financial breakthrough. I declare new jobs, new businesses, marriage resolutions, kids off of drugs, kids coming back on the line in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's take our bread and say thank you, Father. Come on, say thank you, Father, for the body of Jesus broken for me. I now receive this healing, freedom, deliverance, I receive today all the benefits of the broken body of Jesus. I lift up to you the person to my left, the person to my right, and I declare he who the Son sets free is free indeed. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's take the bread now this morning. Thank you, Lord. Come on, receive your healing this morning. Thank you, God. Come on, let's just spend a bit of time thanking God what the body does. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for wholeness in our lives. Now let's take the wine and say, let's all say this. Heavenly Father, thank you for your incredible love that caused you to send your son to be born and to go to the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for shedding your blood to set me free. Thank you for the power of your blood of a new covenant. Sin is removed. Sickness is healed. Oppression is removed. Wholeness is released. Thank you, Jesus, that by your stripes, we were healed. If we were, come on, if we were, then I am in Jesus' name. I receive wholeness, spirit, soul, body, financially, socially, relationally. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's receive this now.